everybody, Rachel Varga here, the beauty side of Beauty and the Biohacker, and I warmly invite you to check out working with Katie and I. You can go to beautyandthebiohacker.com where you can find our book one-on-one links with either Katie and I. Katie can help you with optimizing your sleep through biohacking modalities, and I can help you with optimizing your at-home and in-clinic skin and rejuvenation journey with skincare, biohacking, dermal rolling, and all of that cool stuff. Be sure to also check out our favorites page where you can find our shortlist of our top biohacking and supplement picks to help you slow your aging on a cellular level. And be sure to use those affiliate links to continue to support the show here and use the promo codes to save yourself some money. Enjoy today's episode. So welcome to another episode of Beauty and the Biohacker, where we explore the latest tools and trends in self-care, aesthetics, and peak performance to help you live your most beautiful life from the inside out. I'm your co-host, Katie Moore, the biohacker part of Beauty and the Biohacker, with over three years of experience self-experimenting in the space of health and wellness. And I'm your co-host, Rachel Varga. I'm a board-certified aesthetic nurse specialist, and since 2011, I've performed over 19,000 rejuvenation procedures. I'm a celebrity skin expert, and I help everybody figure out how to look good, feel good. So I'm the beauty part of the biopacking spectrum here with Katie and I, and we're so excited to have joining us today a very special guest. Yes, today we are excited to dive deep into the world of mushroom foraging with expert Neil Beignet, and he is the founder of Wild Kingdom Extracts, which is a company that specializes in medicinal mushrooms and herbs like lion's mane, turkey tail, and reishi with a special focus on sustainable harvesting. And we'll get into all of that today as we explore some of the health benefits around these plant medicines. So welcome to the show, Neil. Thanks for having me. So, Neil, I know you grew up uh, and you are currently living in rural Pennsylvania in uh, Scranton, actually. So tell us a little bit about your personal background and how did you get into mushroom foraging in the first place? Yeah, um, well, I always had a curiosity about indigenous culture and um, living a healthy lifestyle connected to nature. And when I started kind of going down the rabbit hole of medicinal mushrooms, I started realizing that a lot of these mushrooms like chaga, reishi, turkey tail, they all grew um, kind of like in my immediate area. So that was kind of my introduction to getting food and medicine off the landscape, foraging, connecting with nature. Um, So that's how I kind of got very interested. It was just kind of accessible in my immediate surroundings. I think that's amazing. So I live on Vancouver Island. I have farms across the street. We grow a lot of our own food here, but I've always been a little bit scared to forage. And my my husband, he uh, he's he's a kickboxer, but he is not a fighter warrior except in his professional world. But he's definitely a forager, and he's always mentioned to me. Oh, I love how to learn how to pick our own mushrooms. But you hear these stories of you know kids picking the wrong ones, and then getting sick. So I'm really excited about this episode and not to mention in case some of us forgot the massive influx of the cannabis industry over the last couple of years. It's definitely now moving more into the mushroom world, which I think is really a timely for us to have this interview. 
Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. So, off, you know, kind of jumping off that point, would you walk us through the whole process of foraging, you know, from picking mushrooms to final production? What does that look like and how long does that take? Yeah. Um, I mean, it could, uh, it could take as little as a couple of days or it could take as long as a couple of months. Um, for what I do, there's a huge seasonality aspect to it. So uh, giving this present day as an example, um, we're in the beginning of September and we're starting to see turkey tail mushrooms uh, starting to come into season and, and start to really flush very well. Um, so yesterday, actually, I found my first huge flush of turkey tails on a fallen uh, hardwood tree. I filled my basket to the brim. Uh, I, I can go back and keep harvesting them from there. And um, later today, I will start drying them. Tomorrow, they'll go into production uh, for the alcohol portion of the extract. Um, and then by the end of the week, the extract will be complete. Uh, we'll be bottling them and then ready to send out um, to our customers. And that's kind of because right now demand is high, you know, with the pandemic and you know, we have extracts flying off the shelf. So we're kind of making batches like every week. Um, so we have a couple of day turnarounds. So it's probably the freshest products out there right now. <laughs> yeah. And I know that you have recently moved from California where we initially met mm. back to Pennsylvania. So what does your setup look like these days? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went from, you know, the very urban lifestyle to retreating back to the country. It's a little more secluded, uh, very accessible to nature. Um, and we have our own like mushroom lab and facility offsite. Um, so we kind of go out into the forest, do our thing, and then bring them back to our lab where we do all the processing. And, uh, we also do the fulfillment and shipping out of there. So it's all very local and close. I just finished taking Dave Asprey's sleep challenge and Katie, you've talked about this on your YouTube channel, taking lion's mane to help us sleep better. So I got my aura ring here and I'm really excited to get my hands on some of your products to see how that impacts my sleep. So when I, for example, order a product online from you, the lion's mane, for example, how, how fresh is it? When was it picked? When do I get it? I'm just really curious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely, I, I'd say that um, for lion's mane, like each extract is probably like less than three months old. Um, right now, lion's mane is also starting to come into season. So for right now, we're operate, operating off of our stores uh, from last season. So this time last year. Um, but uh, yeah, probably within like the next three week, three to four weeks, lion's mane starts to grow. We'll start collecting it. Um, and we'll start turning it around into extracts. Yeah, and one thing I will say about Lion's Mane, because I've done a number of tests with them, is that I have seen a significant increase in my REM, or rapid eye movement, uh, sleep cycle as a result of taking lion's mane before bed. And the other thing I love about lion's mane is that you can also take it during the day. I've had a lot of people ask me, oh, is it, you know, stimulating to take at night? It's not because it's an adaptogen. Could you actually walk us through a little bit about the whole like adaptogenic principle and what it means for something like lion's mane to be an adaptogen? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the word adaptogen uh, comes from uh, its ability to help your body adapt to stress. 
So we go on living our modern lives. We, uh, you know, have stress at work. We might have physical stress from an injury um, in our body. Uh, we might have psychological stress from other sources. Um, all these outside factors start to kind of beat the body down that can use up your stores of nutrients. It can cause your stress hormones like cortisol to go up. Um, it can cause inflammation in the body. It, it basically can cause all these like nonspecific responses. And a true adaptogen has a nonspecific effect on the body. So if I start taking lion's mane, if I start taking reishi, um, these mushrooms are so rich in different compounds like terpenes and polysaccharides. And what they do is they start to modulate different systems in the body. So, you know, if I, uh, if I can't sleep because my cortisol is jacked up because, you know, I got in a fight with my boss at work, uh, taking some lion's mane, taking some reishi is going to help um, with inflammation. It's going to help with oxygen uptake in the heart and the brain, which is going to give your body like a nice calming effect. Um, it's going to restore some key nutrients. Um, so that's kind of how it helps with uh, stress and the adapting and with sleep is um, kind of this non-specific realm uh, of effect. Can so. you point us into the direction of getting our hands on some of the published research on this stuff? Yeah, um, actually my favorite place to go for this is Google Scholar. It's kind of like the back end of Google search. Uh, so if you go to scholar.google.com, um, and then just type in the common name for any mushroom you're looking at. Uh, like you could type in reishi, lion's mane, turkey tail. Um, and you'll start to see all the studies populate um, from like the past 30, 20 to 30 years. Um, a lot of it has started in China, but now they're just starting to come out. Um, more studies are being conducted like in the U.S. and other parts of the world as, you know, the category of mushrooms start to grow. Um, and then on top of that, there's lots of books. Uh, a great resource is Paul Stamets, who I often refer to as the Jimi Hendrix of mushrooms. Uh, he's kind of like the leading authority. Um, he has done so much research on cultivating mushrooms, on wild mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms. He's kind of the go-to uh, entry point for people just wanting to to learn uh, from the uh, from a beginner standpoint. And then, like me, I'll, I'll I spend a lot of time in Google Scholar and going reading actual like lab reports of different extraction methods and compounds, and it gets very techy. And sometimes, you know, I need to like takes me a week to read one document, um, but there's a huge spectrum of information out there. Yeah, and, and speaking of a huge spectrum, I do have to say that when you walk into, you know, any of these grocery stores these days, uh, you do see a prolific number of different mushroom powders and and extracts and tinctures, and it can be quite overwhelming for just the average consumer who might not be well versed in medicinal mushrooms like you are. So, could you maybe walk our viewers through why the extract portion of you know taking in these mushrooms is so important, and why would you choose an extract? over say a powdered mushroom form sure um well the quickest answer to that is if you're someone with a compromised immune system say you have some candida overgrowth uh, infl uh leaky gut inflammation of the small intestines um, when you take a powder it's in its food form so your your stomach needs to break that down to absorb the nutrients um, but if you take a liquid extract that has uh, at least 30 percent alcohol in it 
a lot of the extract is going to uh, start to absorb directly into your bloodstream through your saliva glands in your mouth. And um, it's going to bypass your stomach and small and go directly to the small intestines uh, when it reaches your digestive system. So um, it's a much better way to absorb nutrients and to ensure that they're bio bioavailable. So that's um, the, the quickest answer. And then also too, um, something, another reason why you'd probably want to uh, use an extract is that um, most extract powders, well, all extract powders really start as a liquid extract. They just go into a big, huge 10 foot spray dryer uh, that takes up a lot of fossil fuels to generate heat and to evaporate the liquid out and then get it into a powder. Um, so if you're someone who's looking at like a sustainable kind of, uh, viewpoint, you might want to <laughs> consider an extract for that. Something I learned over the years. Absolutely. And I do know that sustainable harvesting is actually part of the core mission of Wild Kingdom. So in addition to that, kind of walk us through some of the other specific practices that you're doing at Wild Kingdom to ensure sustainable harvesting. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I kind of just want to back up for a second when you were talking about, um, you know, walking into a grocery store or a health food store and being kind of overwhelmed by choices. Uh, I, I really wanted to solve for this problem um, with Wild Kingdom. And um, I started as a uh, consumer of medicinal mushroom extracts. And the more I learned, the more I realized the things that I didn't want in my extracts or in a powder. Um, so uh, before I get into the sustainability piece, um, I realized that like over 90% of all the extracts or powders or products were coming overseas from China um, when they grow right here in, in the United States. So it was like, okay, want to reduce the carbon footprint. Also too, China is um, notoriously known for compromising on quality. Um, so I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was giving a top quality product. And then also too, the, when learning that wild foods are up to five times more concentrated in nutrients and medicinal compounds than cultivated. I also wanted to incorporate that into, into what we do. Um, so taking those things into account, now realizing that, okay, it's going to come from wild foraged uh, mushrooms. Um, my goal was to kind of ensure that I was a positive impact uh, or a positive participant in the environment. I didn't want to just go into the forest, start picking things, not knowing what the consequences were. So foraging mushrooms is a great way to just learn about ecology in general and learn about ecosystems. Um, so using, let's say, turkey tail as an example, um, turkey tail is a mushroom that uh, decomposes dead wood, dead hardwood. So beech trees, oak trees, birch trees and starts uh, decomposing them so they can be turned back into soil. Um, so each mushroom here um, has what's called the mycelium, which is the roots of the mushroom. And they grow in the soil, they grow in the dead logs, and when the conditions are right, they sprout out a fruiting body, which is the traditional kind of mushroom we see. Um, and that fruiting body is responsible for releasing spores, which help the mycelium uh, grow, multiply, and spread to further areas in the forest. So knowing that, um, a little bit more about the ecology is that there's kind of like a one to two week window where after the fruiting body has fruited, uh, it gets ready to release its spores and the spores will 
uh, start getting released within like a one week period, two week period. And after they're all gone, the fruiting body has completed its life cycle and dies. And then next year the process will restart. So knowing that, uh, I realized that, okay, in this one to two week window, when the spores are released, that's the best time to harvest because, um, it's, it's completed its mission. I'm not interfering. So if I was to harvest before the spores were released, you know, I'm taking away from that mushroom's ability to reproduce and to keep growing. So kind of learning that's that, and that principle kind of like goes throughout all nature. It goes with plants, it goes with animals. Um, so what I started realizing over time is when I started harvesting in this right window and when I was able to check, you know, oh, I found a patch of turkey tails and have the knowledge to see what's going on with them. Um, I realized that by positively interacting, it makes them uh, grow even more. So to give another example is I start picking the, the turkey tails. They're covered in spores. They get all over my hands. They get all over my feet. They get over my basket. And then I walk back to my car, which is, you know, a 15-minute walk away. I am now spreading these spores all over the environment and helping the mushroom get to areas that it might not have been able to before. Um, and this is kind of how nature has existed for hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, humans used to be a positive impact on the positive um, contributors to the environment, but with the advent of you know modernization and civilization, we kind of lost that way and we've kind of done the opposite now. We just kind of reap and take. Um, so that, that, that's what I do in, um, you know, the more you can learn about the ecology of a specific mushroom or specific plant, you kind of find the right interaction. I'm curious if you have done any research or if you follow CERN or LHC at all, but the Higgs boson particle theory, if you've, if you've ever seen that TED talk that talks about Higgs boson, it's really cool because in between each atom is actually what what looks like a neural web and the mycelium between the mushrooms, they have a similar type of structure, which allows for communication of nutrients and trees as well. I'm curious if you have ever, um, you know, visually seen the Higgs boson particle field and were like, oh my gosh, like mushrooms have this, the same type of web between them. No, unfortunately I'm, I'm not familiar with, uh, with that, but definitely I'm going to check it out. Um, but I can speak to, you know, in terms of creating like this web of, you know, transferring, whether it's nutrients or information, um, the more you start to forage, the more freakier it gets. Um, you know, I'll go with my partner out in the woods and I'll be like, oh, look, look at that mushroom over there. And, you know, she'll be like, how'd you see that? I was like, I don't know. It just it called out to me. <laughs> I just turned my head and there it was. Yeah, I want to hear more of this type of stuff because you're really, you know, you're you're there with the plants, you're you're harvesting them, but you're also sort of like commuting and connecting with them. So, you know, share with us some of the fun things that you like to do in nature when you're foraging and checking out the the stock and everything. Yeah, um, actually, I have a great story I'd like to share. Um, you know, kind of along this line of like freakiness and bringing the woo to the conversation. Um, and I think this was really like a milestone for me in becoming a forager and knowing that I want to start Wild Kingdom. Um, and that was um, a couple of years back. Uh, my stepfather at the time was diagnosed with stomach cancer. And we went the natural route to, to help treat it. And um, long story short, he was doing very well with, with the natural route. And part of what we did was we um, had him on chaga and turkey tail mushrooms. And... Um, I was still kind of 
finding my way as a forager. And I was in this forest searching for turkey tail mushrooms. And it was middle of January, pouring rain, not having any luck. I was kind of frustrated. And I just kind of like got on top of this hill and said, you know, uh, like spirit of the mushrooms, spirit of the chaga, like, please, please help me find you. Because um, I was done looking for turkey tails. I was like, oh, it'd be so nice to find a chaga. Chaga can help him too. And as I, these words, I said it out loud, as I was leaving my mouth, my head just turned to the right. And in the distance, maybe like 15, 20 feet away, you know, I just, I saw on this birch tree, just this like brown big thing. And I just kind of said to myself, no. Um, but sure enough, I walked over to it and it was just this most beautiful chaga right there. It was in the middle of the pouring rain. So the chaga was really soft and it just broke right off the tree from my hand. Normally you have to kind of hack it off with a hatchet. And that was kind of like this moment for me where I was like, okay, I don't feel alone in this. I feel like the mushrooms are my partners here, you know, and backing up a little bit too. Like, um, you know, I, I said at the beginning of this interview that I have a very big passion for learning about indigenous culture and, you know, connect, connection with nature. And um, I was reading this book called Native New Yorkers and they kind of really talk about how the indigenous people of the tri-state area had a very, kind of, uh, they, they had an outlook that everything had a spirit and that you can communicate to that spirit. So um, that was a moment where I kind of reached out to the spirit and it, you know, answered and responded. And, um, you know, that was four years ago. Now, you know, this is happening all the time. It's it's kind of like... Oh, it's never happening all the time though. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, and as we said that, a magical bird just, you know, chimed into that's pretty sweet so <laughs> yeah. that's kind of a the underpinning of your story of sort of how you got into it and and that's really cool do you get a lot of satisfaction with helping people with this type of plant medicine oh definitely um 100 I, I i think this is like the most fulfilling thing that i can do right now um and it, it's for, fulfilling for me too i you know it if i was a consumer of mushrooms, I would want to purchase from a company that actually has a connection to these mushrooms in nature and not, they're not someone who's just sourcing it from somewhere they don't know, or they've Which never Which is what been. happened with the cannabis industry, right? I mean, right. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Neil, you also have used mushrooms in the past to help with Lyme disease, which is something that you were afflicted with. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in my early 20s, um, I was walking through the woods one day and picked up a tick, got um, that bullseye rash after a couple of days. Um, and I didn't really know what to do at that point. I was kind of like, didn't really know what Lyme disease was and things like that. So I had a doctor friend that I asked, you know, what should I do? And they said, you know, if you don't feel flu, any flu-like symptoms, you know, you probably didn't get it, you're fine. Uh, that's probably the worst advice you can ever give someone who's had a tick. Um, but, you know, the years following, so like for very m many years, I would get these very um, intense, like pressure headaches in the front of my head here. And um, I, I would get a lot of insomnia, a lot of brain fog, wasn't able to focus. And it wasn't until I heard a podcast interview with a very well-known herbalist named Stephen Buhner who talked about chronic Lyme symptoms um, and how it attacks the weakest part of your body. It could be something with inflammation or it could be something neurological. And he started describing the neurological symptoms and I started having all these, you know, 
red flags going up saying, oh, I, you know, I, I feel like I have this, I feel like I have this. So I went to another doctor. They did a Lyme test. They were pretty positive that I had it because kind of getting a test done, it's more like an art form rather than, than a science, but they were pretty confident. Um, so I started researching Stephen Buhner's protocol for neurological Lyme. And sure enough, one of the treatments was using lion's mane. Um, so when I started using lion's mane, it was such a game changer. Um, I started sleeping again, like within two weeks, these, these headaches started to go away. Uh, they weren't happening as often. Um, and I started realizing that this is something I can use to kind of help go through this. And then as I started learning how to forage and make my own extracts, when I started adding in the chaga, turkey tail, and reishi, it was like the symptoms went away, like almost completely. Um, so oftentimes I always like urge people, you know, if you know someone who has Lyme disease, suffering from symptoms, you know, mushrooms can help, you know, might, might not work for everyone. I don't know, but I know that, um, a lot of people who do give it a try anecdotally, they, they have a lot of success. Mm -hmm. And it's really important for everybody listening to know that we're not here sharing medical advice. It's educational info. But what I find is when people start to have some of these things come into their awareness, it can kind of lead them down a path of self-discovery and healing, which is great. So thank you so much for sharing your personal story on how it helped you. Oh, no problem. <laughs> And Neil, since you've already alluded to some of the amazing health benefits or purported health benefits of these medicinal mushrooms, I'd love for you to walk our listeners through the different mushroom species that you forage and that are accessible on your store and some of their potential benefits on the body, especially the their relation to the immune system, because I know that's something that's top of mind for people right now. Sure, sure. Um, so what we have available right now in the terms of mushrooms on our website is turkey tail, reishi, chaga, and lion's mane. So uh, right now, um, the best immune-supporting mushroom, meaning that the best mushrooms to take if you want to support your immune system, turkey tail is the go-to. Um, it's the most researched medicinal mushroom. Uh, so if, if you went in onto Google Scholar, like I said before, uh, you find a ton of research. Um, it contains immune modulating polysaccharides. And actually th this is a really cool thing. Um, if you think of your immune system, if you think of yourself as, uh, perfectly, uh, healthy, your immune system is kind of at this baseline of operating, right? Everything's going well. And let's say you catch the flu. Uh, that means your immune system has dropped below this baseline. It's not functioning, um, to its capacity. So turkey, the, the immune modulating polysaccharides of turkey tail help modulate your immune system back up to that baseline, kind of like tuning a radio. And let's say you're someone who has an autoimmune condition. It could be arthritis or something like lupus. Um, your body is, your immune system is working too hard. It's above the baseline. It's attacking its own body. Uh, those polysaccharides help bring that back down to the baseline. So it works both ways. So it's, it's something that you can take no matter kind of if you're sick or if you're healthy, it's never going to throw you out of whack. It's always going to bring you back to balance. Mm -hmm. um, 
And my understanding with sort of health and wellness in general, body, mind, spirit, energy, is that it's all about homeostasis. Anything that we can do to bring all of those aspects of ourselves to equilibrium and homeostasis is great. So when we start to kind of like creep up a little bit with some of our, you know, tracking tech that we can see that things are kind of getting a little bit high or a little bit low, it's great to have options available to kind of bring us back to, to, to stable and equilibrium. Definitely. Definitely. Um, absolutely. And then, um, so chaga mushroom, uh, it has a little bit of that, uh, immune modulating thing going on like the turkey tail, but kind of, uh, it's number one feature is it is so rich in antioxidants, probably one of the most antioxidant rich foods in the, on the planet. Um, it's really great at relieving the body from inflammation. Uh, especially inflammation of the gut. So if you have like leaky gut, IBS, Crohn's, um, I would definitely recommend trying chaga. Um, it, it helps soothe all that inflammation. It helps boost the immune system. Um, and then these antioxidants found, found in them are free radical scavengers. So it's just going to help on all fronts take care of inflammation. Um, so that's, that, that's what chaga is really great for. And then um, reishi mushroom. Um, is, is kind of known as in Chinese medicine as like the longevity mushroom. They call it the mushroom of immortality. And um, what it does is it can provide some great cardiovascular support. Um, so they have these uh, compounds called triterpenoids, which they increase your body's ability to absorb oxygen in the blood. So your blood becomes oxygenated, it goes to your heart, your heart gets more oxygen, it goes to your brain, your brain gets more ox oxygen. And then on top of that, um, they, it can suppress cholesterol synthesis. So if you're someone who has uh, high uh, cholesterol, um, it can help bring it back down. It suppresses uh, histamine. So if you're someone who gets seasonal allergies or something like um, um, post-nasal drip, reishi can help uh, alleviate those symptoms. And then plus two, it, it contains some immune modulating polysaccharides. Um, so you'll get the immune benefits there. And then lion's mane is kind of like the, what do you call that? Like the, it kind of throws a curveball. It's kind of like in this world of its own where um, it doesn't have as many immune modulating polysaccharides and anti-inflammatory properties as the others. But what you do get is this awesome component for brain health. So um, the Latin name for the lion's mane mushroom is called Hericium arenaceus. And why it's called that is because it has these compounds called arenacines. And what arenacines do is they, um, go, they penetrate your, your brain and cause the myelin and uh, neurons in your brain to form greater connections. So let's say you're someone who has brain fog and you have all these synapses, myelin, and you know they're, they're kind of like this. I know for people listening, they won't be able to see, but they, let's say they have like one root. Well, the arenesins come in, um, they start to cause more roots to form, more uh, connections to happen, and they help create better pathways in the brain um, and uh, kind of just overall lead to its better health. So kind of what happens from there is lifted brain fog, more focus. Um, and then too, in Chinese medicine, they even say that it's good for helping with stomach ailments like stomach upset or stomach discomfort. So um, there's some other history to it too, but I think that's why people are so um, fond of it right now is because, you know, we go into the office and we're having all these neurological 
kind of symptoms in our life or trouble focusing, stress, yada, yada. Um, and lion's mane can help alleviate uh, some of those things. That's really fascinating that not only do mushrooms grow within this micellular network, is that supposedly they can actually be ingested and then help to kind of create that same type of growth with and that same similar pattern within the brain. That's really cool because you can actually visualize some of the stuff uh, with different tests like in the petri dishes and being able to see like growth patterns of different cells and things like that. So mm -hmm. I'm going to be looking for something like that on Google Scholar a little bit after this. Cool, cool. Yeah, and I should definitely get some brainwave device to kind of see how my brainwaves interact with some of these mushrooms because I have I've definitely tried a lot of the Wild Kingdom products, including the Lion's Mane for Sleep, which I have mentioned before. It really helped to boost my REM sleep. And funny enough, with Chaga, when you talked about the gut health issues, I was actually, this is a quick anecdote, but I was suffering from some severe acid reflux for several months, almost a year. And I went to the doctors and of course they were going to put me on like Pepsid and all this stuff. And instead I kind of took my health in my own hands. I did a little research and found out putting chaga in my coffee because coffee is very acidic could actually help. And in the past six months, I have not had any acid reflux flare ups and I will not stop taking the chaga in my coffee mm. because it just seems to be working. Have you heard of any stories like this or have any of the community members who, you know, buy Wild Kingdom products, have they told you about any of these kind of anecdotal, you know, scenarios? Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, too, um, so my partner and my girlfriend, um, when we met, she also was experiencing a lot of uh, acid reflux. She was even on medication for it. And um, I gave her chaga and she started taking it. She never took mushrooms before. Um, and, and within like a couple of weeks, she started, she was medication free and she's been taking it now for years and um, also too, doesn't have any more symptoms from it. So, um, you know, I think that's two people now. <laughs> um, but no, definitely, um, you know, we get, uh, when someone buys from our store, uh, we eventually ask them for a review on our website and a lot, a lot of people are always writing in about how um, their gut, gut issues are uh, being solved or symptoms are improving um, from using chaga and um, chaga and turkey tail specifically. Actually, we have a gut health bundle on our website, which is uh, those two together. Um, so yeah, some of these mushrooms have like a great synergistic effect. And I think chaga and turkey tail is like the perfect match to help with anything related to the gut. I think that's fantastic to start to just kind of like observe things that help your body and then layer different aspects of supplements mm -hmm. and things you can take and experiment and you can do these fancy gut tests to see, you know, exactly what are superfoods for your body, but also good things and not so good things. But it's also good for us to just like try certain things sometimes and then see how we feel from it and like actually really pay attention to that. That's great. Mm-hmm. And for all listeners, if you do want to get your hands on some of these products, they have a biohackers bundle, a gut health bundle. You guys can actually head over to Wild Kingdom Extracts and use the coupon code BB15, or you can also go to beautyandthebiohacker.com and check out our favorites page because all of Neil's supplements will be there as well. 
Awesome. So Neil, I would love if you could just kind of uh, walk us through some of these bundles that I had mentioned. Um, for something like seasonal allergies, we have our Breathe Bundle, which is uh, chaga and turkey tail. Those two together are just going to help lower inflammation in the sinus cavities, uh, going to help with oxygen uptake in the brain and heart, uh, suppress histamine. Um, so that's what we recommend for uh, seasonal allergies. Um, and then the newest one to the group is the Biohackers Bundle. And this is a really fun one to take. Um, because it's not just a mushroom extract, but it also has our pine pollen extract, which is, you know, technically an herb. Um, so if you are someone who uh, has brain fog and trouble focusing and also like low energy, this is something you might want to consider because you get all the benefits we discussed from the lion's mane. But uh, pine pollen is a really great tonic herb for energy, uh, mental focus, and... Um, it's really great for people suffering from low testosterone. And why that is, is because uh, pine pollen is really rich in DHEA, which is a precursor to testosterone and a lot of different sex hormones in the body. So um, as men and women also age, you probably reach uh, your peak testosterone production by your mid 20s, say like age 25. And then when you hit 30, it starts to decline every year. And that, uh, depending, that decline can you know, be set depending on how healthy your lifestyle is. So if you're drinking beers all day with the boys, you know, it'll go down faster than if you're, you know, exercising and um, eating bacon. Um, that was a bit of a joke, but yeah. <laughs> and then... So, um, so Neil, just to kind of jump off of that, why would somebody choose to take pine pollen extract versus just like a DHEA supplement? Oh, yeah. Good question. So... Um, yeah, uh, for me personally, it's really hard to uh, understand where the DHA, DHEA is coming from with most supplement companies. They don't say where they're sourcing, sourcing it from. Um, but after doing a lot of digging, um, a lot of it comes from uh, cholesterol from animal products. Um, but the cool thing about uh, pine pollen is that if you're a vegan or you prefer a plant-based source, um, it's coming from a pine tree essentially. And it's also bioidentical to our uh, sex hormones in our body. So it's probably the safest way to supplement with DHEA. And living in Scranton, do you have more access to the pine pollen now that you're kind of out of the, uh, the Pacific Northwest? Because uh, I do know that, you know, it is going to be pine season soon. So maybe you can just walk us through what that process looks like, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the greatest thing about East Coast pine trees is the uh, branches and limbs are a lot lower, so you don't have to get up on a ladder to, to get to the pine pollen. Um, so yeah, um, so pine, poles, pine pollen harvesting season happens uh, usually between March and May. So in the springtime, the pine trees start to grow their male cones, which are these little yellow uh, cones called catkins as opposed to the female cones, which is what we normally think of as a pine cone. Um, and they start to grow, they start to fill with pollen, they start to dry out, and then they start to release the pollen. And that goes and fertilizes the female cone. Um, so in that time period um, is when you start harvesting. So um, here we have a lot of white pine trees, we have, we have a lot of bull pine trees, and they grow these nice, thick, lush, low branches. Um, and it is also like a, a much shorter tr tree than like the ponderosa pine and the big pine in, in on the west coast. So uh, it's a lot easier here. Um, it's nicer. Um, 
a lot more accessible. So, um, yeah, you know, I guess for me personally, it's like a win-win being back on the East Coast. But I do miss the West Coast and the people in it. So, <laughs> I am on the West Coast of Canada, Vancouver Island. So I have a question for you. I work with medical-grade skincare uh, supplements that I really like to work with, you know, 15 years of third-party lab testing. Can you tell us about some of the third-party lab testing that has occurred with some of your products just so that we can provide as much information and resource here in this podcast for people wanting to hear about your products? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so each of our extracts, um, we get tested for micro microbiological contaminants. So um, they're free of salmonella, yeast, mold, um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, e. coli. And then we also do a heavy metal uh, profile. So we want to ensure that um, there's no heavy metals or pesticides or anything like that um, making their way into the extract. So um, uh, when we do the foraging out here, every new area that we start to find and want to harvest from, um, we first collect samples and do this testing to make sure that it doesn't get into the extract and that um, that's not making its way into anybody's bodies. And do you publish that data? Um, I'm right now. We're trying to find like the best way to publish it. Like you know, a lot of people in the CBD industry have like QR codes that you can put on packaging. Um, right now, we just kind of have it in our FAQ section of our website, and if someone writes in and asks for it, you know, we'll email it to them. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's something we do, and it's something that you know is a big part of what's required to be a supplement company in the United States. So um, we're kind of trying to find that best way of making that. We're trying to find the best way to incorporate it into our brand actually. Cause uh, I know we can come off as like the, the cool hippies in the forest kind of brand, but um, you know, we, we take it from a holistic approach. That's perfect. And then Neil, I'd love to know as your business has boomed in the last few months, as we've discussed before, what does the future of Wild Kingdom look like? Are you looking to expand not only in personnel, but into other herbs? You know, I know you've introduced pine pollen. So are you looking to take this business into something that stretches even beyond mushrooms? Um, yes. Uh, awesome question. So there are a lot of new products um, that I'd like to get out within the next year. Um, I guess I don't want to speak too soon, but uh, it doesn't matter. I guess I, you I can, can give us all the spoilers. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So an another um, product line that I want to introduce is elk antler. And this kind of um, really kind of pushes us forward in that like biohacking high performance community. Um, elk antler uh, with alongside uh, pine pollen is just like an two really great things to help increase endurance, increase stamina, increase performance, increase the immune system. Um, so we're kind of working to go in that direction. Um, also, we're looking to offer more mushroom extracts. So um, now that we're back on the East Coast, uh, we have uh, a maitake mushroom available to us. Um, so that season is starting soon. So I'm hoping to start get, gathering maitake starting extracts, have that available. And then also this is something that's really cool. I'm actually probably most proud of this right now. Um, but um, a big uh, mushroom alongside lion's mane right now is cordyceps. And to kind of just give people perspective, um, uh, you, uh, you can't, it's very hard to make an extract from wild cordyceps because uh, cordyceps mushroom uh, grows on dead bugs 
basically infects caterpillars, worms, insects, takes over their bodies and starts to eat them alive and grow out of them. Um, and when you find them in the wild, you might find, you know, a few here, a few there, but nowhere near the amount you would need to create, you know, a batch of a hundred mushroom extracts. Um, so, uh, all the products that are out there on the market come from cultivated, uh, varieties. But, uh, right now, uh, we've, uh, we don't grow any mushrooms ourselves. It's kind of not our strong suit. Um, but we have, uh, befriended other companies that, um, uh, do grow medicinal mushrooms and culinary mushrooms. So we're kind of making this joint effort. Um, uh, a, a few weeks ago, um, I was in a very, um, I was in a very river part of northeastern Pennsylvania and came across a couple of wild cordyceps specimens. So um, I collected them, packaged them, sent them in like a refrigerated box to our growers in Maine who are um, working on trying to clone these wild strands and eventually cult cultivate them. So then we can offer not, uh, not just a cultivated strand of cordyceps mushroom extract, but a mushroom extract that was cultivated from a wild specimen. So I think that's like pretty cool, the next best thing. Um, so I'm pretty excited about this collaboration and hoping that uh, you know, we'll have this available soon. That's really cool stuff, Neil. And I just love this synergy and like collective consciousness that you're really bringing to the forefront of the mushroom foraging space. You know, it's not like I'm going to take all of them for myself. It's really thinking outside the box. And I think that is something that I I know Rachel and I are huge proponents of. And um, and so I'm just thrilled to hear about some of these upcoming collaborations. Neil, is there anything else that you would like to mention or plug here on this podcast? You have given us quite the download of all things mushroom, and it just has me like wanting to go grab my lion's mane right now. <laughs> um, but uh, anything else you want to say uh, on the podcast? Um, yeah, I guess I would just say, um, you know, there's a lot of choices out there in the market for not only mushroom extracts, but CBD, other herbs, what have you. Um, you know, I think that there's this new consciousness of, con of consumerism coming into play where um, there's certain companies emerging that have a connection to our local landscape. Um, some, someone who uh, could be foraging herbs from different states, um, could be animal products, could be whatever it is. But I think, um, you know, as we kind of get the planet ready for a drastic change and more green living, um, you know, th this is something that we should question and really look into, like, where are companies sourcing their products from? Um, do they have a connection to what they're doing? Um, is it helping all parties? Um, I, I really think that's important. That's just, you know, me speaking kind of from my heart, um, because, you know, I think that the way forward is creating a local community rather than this, you know, big globalization of uh, commerce and products and things like that. I think it's doing more harm than good. So something to consider. Um, and then also to just the last thing to mention is, um, not only, you know, are we trying to provide high quality potent extracts to people, but, um, we really see ourselves as an ecological brand. So we're always looking for ways to give back to the environment that we're taking from. Um, so we've partnered with a, um, company called uh, one tree planted, so every time someone goes and buys a bottle of chaga or reishi from our website, 
um, we are uh, donating um, uh, a dollar of each sale to this company. And with them, um, $1 equates to planting one tree. So every order that you place plants at least one tree. And I think that's a fair trade for, um, you know, what we're doing and mushrooms eat trees. So we want to plant more of them. Um, so it's just another way um, we're looking at what we're doing and uh, we'll have a lot more cool things like that uh, in the future as well as new products. I just want to commend you because that's a really beautiful business practice. So you're creating a great company. You're really wanting to help people. You're creating resources on your FAQ page for people to dive into some of the research on here. And yeah, I think this is fantastic. So someone like myself, I don't consume magic mushrooms, but I would certainly love to get some of the health benefits from, you know, plant medicine that's been around for a long time. And I think that's great that you are helping to create a sort of like a a commercially available North American source as well with, uh, you know, rigorous testing with your batches and and all of that. So great work. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, thank you. Well, that was a really fun, fantastic download of just so much information about plant medicine and all of the ways in which we can kind of use our own environment to help bring us back into a state of homeostasis and balance. And I just got so much, every time I talk to Neil, I just get so much more value and an understanding of of how their company is really working to help improve the ecosystem. What do you think, Rachel? Yeah, I thought Neil was just an absolute gem. I love hearing about men's interactions with nature. And so I really wanted to pull sort of like the spirit behind his story of being in nature and finding remedies to help his father who was sick. And I just thought that was a really beautiful story for him to share. And I think it's important to know like the story and practices behind some of these, you know, supplement companies and what they stand for and what's important to them. And I just, you know, for, for a huge chunk of the interview, I was just sitting back, like absorbing a lot of this information. So I'm thrilled for everyone tuning in that had a chance to uh you know really kind of understand some of the cultivation practices behind mushroom foraging which is super was super cool Mm -hmm. and if you guys want to get your hands on a bottle or two of these amazing mushroom extracts and i have tried the full gamut of all of them including the pine pollen you can actually head over to our website at beautyandthebiohacker.com favorites or you can go over to wildkingdomextracts.com and then just make sure to enter the coupon code bb15 for a special discount code wonderful we cannot wait to hang out with you guys again in the next episode right here on beauty and the biohacker with myself rachel varga and the very fabulous katie today 